Hello, and welcome to the Craft and Cluster podcast, a show all about marketing your wine brand in the digital age. I'm your host, Heather Danitz, a photographer and social media consultant based in Santa Barbara Wine Country. Today, we are welcoming back Chelsea Boss of C Boss Marketing, who is here to help you decide if your email marketing sucks. The good news is, if it does, she's here to clear that shit up for you. Chelsea, what's going on? Hey, thanks so much for having me back. I'm really excited to be here. Huzzah. So today you are going to give us some actionable tips on how to improve our email marketing efforts. I am so psyched to dive into this topic with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about it too. Uh, A quick little background about me. I have a small marketing company called Seaboss Marketing. That's S-E-A-B-O-S-S Marketing. And I help wineries with things like their email marketing, social media, and website and e-commerce integration. But today, I'm so excited to dive into email marketing because as Heather and I know, we share a lot of uh, emails back and forth forwarding emails we see that really, really suck. Yes. I know. Gosh, I wish I had been in contact with you at the beginning of the pandemic because I feel like that's when just the height of shitty emails uh, were hitting my inbox. And um, I would have loved to have discussed them with you. A hundred percent. So maybe that's a good place to start. Why did those emails suck so bad? I know for me, it really was the fact that I forgot that I even signed up for this winery's email or I had genuinely never heard from them before. Or I purchased once five years ago and completely forgot about it. And all of a sudden, they were flooding my inbox. You know, it was a first email, hey, buy our wine. And then it, I didn't open it thinking, gosh, well, like, I haven't thought about that brand in forever. I'm not going to open that email. Yeah. And then I would get two re- follow-up re- reminder emails. So I think that that's a really good place to start. Um why do a lot of email marketing campaigns from wineries suck? And um, I think really it's because they don't have a plan. They often spray and pray, meaning you send out an email to every single person on your email list and you just pray that people click by. I mean, am I right? Is that you out there? (laughs) I I know that is a lot of my clients that have come to me and it's a lot of it's the way that I think it's been um, sort of standardized in our industry. You know, it's okay for everybody to just spray and pray, and it's okay if you're out there listening to this, being like, "Shit, I'm that person." <laughs> it's okay. We're gonna fix that. Um, so spraying and praying is a lack of segmentation. You're not organizing your customers based on how they inter- interact with your brand. Um, or how they are like as far as let's talk about distance, like how close they are to your winery. Um, I'll tell you an email marketing horror story really quick. Please. Um, so I have lived in Napa for the past nine years, although I'm up in Idaho now, my home state. And uh, while I was living in Napa, there is a winery I would visit often for tastings. Um, So I was on their email marketing list. I'm clearly a local because I come in and taste consistently. I purchase from them, so they have my address. They consistently 
multiple times sent me offers about free shipping. (laughs) And I was like, why the hell would I ship my wine five miles away from your winery? Mm -hmm. And somebody out there is going to be thinking, okay, well, what about if you were going to gift it to somebody? Okay, great point. So what do you do? Do you still send that email the same way to everybody else that doesn't live near to you? No. You send an email to the locals that says, hey, do you want to gift somebody or send wine somewhere? We know you're local, but we want you to know that we have this deal going on. That would be the appropriate way to communicate that. Yeah. And I think it's more effective too, because then you're you're talking directly to a single person rather than talking to a million different people, you know, or a thousand different people, however big your email list is and focusing on, on what their exact problem is. So that's a really great point. Totally, totally. Um, so what other ways do winery emails suck so much? Um, another way is, that it's clear there's not really like a schedule or a rhyme or reason to it. And I find that to be, you know, when some some wineries just do release emails and that's fine. Um, mm-hmm. I know when they have a release, I'm going to receive their email. But then there's other wineries that it's really sporadic and I never really know. And When I get the emails, they're really inconsistent as far as like what's inside, how they're formatted. Mm -hmm. Um, And so another way that, you know, I I find that winery emails really suck is they just look like they're stuck back in the 90s. Um, They're not using updated templates or um, more sophisticated email marketing platforms that can help them build really beautiful you know, modern emails that don't mm-hmm. look like your grandmother put them together on an old, you know, <laughs> PC sitting in the back of her you know, house. <laughs> like like on Microsoft Paint or something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it's like when you get out a Game Boy and you like play an old Game Boy and you're like, oh man, this, this game is so old. Look at how cute it is. It's like when you, you know, get an, an email from a winery that's stuck back in the 80s and you're like, oh my mm. gosh, look at this email. It's like you pay more attention looking at the aesthetics of it and like, mm-hmm. you know, how it's not formatted right and, you know, it's blocky and weird and the font doesn't work. And anyways, yeah. I could go on. Yeah. And so attention to, I digress. And so paying <laughs> attention to the actual content of the email, we're just getting distracted by how ridiculous it looks. Totally. <laughs> so that's great. So where should wineries start when they're developing, you know, a better email marketing strategy. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, on the last podcast, we talked a lot about creating just a marketing strategy in general. And I always start at the same place, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, um, in this case, email marketing. I always start with uh, understanding who your ideal customer is and what is their buyer persona. So, um, you know, if if you're interested in going through that worksheet, go back to um, 
what was that podcast called? Yeah, it was episode two. Uh, it was, oh God, I don't even remember what we called it. It was like, it was like you're developing your marketing strategy, five easy steps to your marketing strategy, something like that. We, <laughs> we have a, um, a, a freebie doc out there to kind of do this worksheet. So yeah. if you think that you're going to have to reinvent the wheel, you don't email Heather um, or contact me and, and we'll send you that document. Yeah. The link to that is in uh, craftingcluster.com forward slash 002 uh, if anyone okay. is wanting to reach out. And I'll put those in the show notes as well. Great. So um, where do wineries start to develop a better email marketing strategy? Um, understand your customer. Um, what is their buyer persona? Who are they? What do they care about? What's going to bring them value? Uh, and also just think about your existing customers. You know, if you have wine club members, like what do they love getting from you? Mm-hmm. Where do they just geek out on, you know, when do you receive um, feedback from your customers? Like, I love this. Mm-hmm. Give them more of that. Yeah. Um, that's really about understanding your customer. Uh, number two is really optimize your email collection. Um, at the winery, make sure that your staff and or yourself, if you're doing your own tastings, are being mindful about, hey, we want to put you on our mailing list and you'll get XYZ super awesome things and special deals. Um, make sure that you have a pop-up on your website it's in the you know the newsletter sign up is in the footer of every single one of your web pages. Um, maybe you even have a banner on your website to sign up. Social media, uh, I know Heather can talk a lot about this too, but you know really give calls to action to mm-hmm. click that link in your bio and sign up for the mailing list. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you know Google My Business. Make sure your your uh, profile is optimized and you have a a button just as you would on your Facebook page to sign up now. Uh, Make sure you have uh, everything set up in your Google My Business platform um, profile so that you can collect emails there. Uh, And yeah, and then also choosing the right email marketing platform can be incredibly helpful. Uh, there's a yeah. lot of really great options out there. And, you know, I think that we could maybe dive into kind of what those are and maybe another podcast mm-hmm. or a post on Instagram or something. But um, yeah. choosing an email platform that works for you and your staff and that's going to um, provide you a nice template experience so that it helps take away a little bit of that design overwhelm, which I find is is usually where people get caught up if they're trying to do their own email marketing. Um, Having Mm -hmm. a template that you can go to and recreate over and over um, is a really great place to start. It's not a bad thing to have continuity in your design. Um, It's a bad thing to repeat the content over and over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Well, you are, I mean, kind of just a side note here is uh, you're working on creating a digital course for email marketing, right? So could you tell us a little bit about what that's going to be about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the digital course that I'm working on creating, just like Heather's doing with her Instagram uh, field guide course, I'm doing um, mastering your email marketing list. 
So for wineries specifically, and it's going to cover everything that I've talked about so far, you know, your ideal customer avatar, I like to call it the ICA, um, and, you know, everything from outlining your strategy and campaign calendar, collecting your emails, templating your emails, segmenting your customer list, uh, how to build a campaign And then it's even going to go into really awesome automations and clever customer journeys and sort of what to do after you hit send, Um, which is one thing that, you know, I think it's forgotten. It's to go back and check and kind of connect the dots and what happened? Did I sell any wine? Um, How much did I sell? Um, Who opened it? Who didn't? So yeah, the course is going to be really comprehensive. And my goal is that anybody who either one doesn't know how to do email marketing or doesn't know where to start, they're completely overwhelmed. They can take this course and walk away feeling completely prepared. Mm-hmm. Um, and also by going through the course, you'll fill out your entire plan as you go. Yeah. Um, or if you have, you know, maybe a new employee that doesn't have email marketing experience, they could take this course and also feel completely completely prepared. So that's my long-winded description of my online course that I'm really excited to launch. Yeah, I'm really excited for you. Um, I'm excited to to take it as well just because I really want to be able to kind of integrate these two sides of things, the social media side and the, and the email side. I think that's really important. Um, totally. Yeah. And I'm so excited to take your course because I know <laughs> there's just going to be so many awesome tidbits in, in there that I'm going to pull out and selfishly use. <laughs> <myself>. Exactly. <laughs> this is how is we're, we're very self-serving, both of us, with, with our email yeah. courses. <laughs> hey, we both benefit from the Yeah, we both benefit and we, yes, it's, it's wonderful. It's a really um, very symbiotic <laughs> relationship we have. I love it. Uh, so I was just talking to a client, just kind of back to our, our discussion about email marketing. Um, I was just talking to a client yesterday that, you know, they were saying, you know, I feel like all winery emails are just buyer wine, buyer wine, buyer wine, which is the uh, problem that we were talking about at the very top of the episode, you know, that with at the start of the pandemic, that was really all we were getting those emails that were buyer wine, buyer wine without any value added outside of that. Um, And they wanted to know how can they fix that? Yeah. Well, let's go back to step number one that I always (laughs) talk about with the strategy is uh, understanding your customer. Mm -hmm. Um, So we've already talked a little bit about that, but Heather, you have a really, really awesome, this um, hierarchy of needs, which I remember learning back in in school when I had to take, you know, Psych 101. (laughs) And I love the way that you've applied it to the wine business. So, you know, pulling out this this hierarchy of needs that Heather's developed and applying that to your email marketing. How, so how would you go about doing that, Heather? Yeah. um, Yeah. So just like a brief outline of it. I think we've talked about it here before, but um, it's always worth repeating. Uh, Maslow. So this is based off of Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is basically shaped like a pyramid with the bottom um, part of the pyramid satisfying your very, very basic survival needs. Like every human needs food, water, and oxygen and warmth to survive, right? And once those needs are satisfied, they can then move up to the next part of the pyramid, which is safety and um, shelter. 
And then from there, you can, once those needs are satisfied, then we move on to relationships uh, and community and love. And then from there, we move on to, let's see, what is it? It's, um, uh, yeah, it's like spiritual, you're satisfying spiritual needs. And then, um, the very tippy top of the pyramid is self-actualization. So you're completely satisfied in life and you have everything that you need to survive. Um, and there are some debates. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and so the idea, um, the idea behind this this pyramid is that you need to fulfill the bottom layers of the pyramid before you can move up it. Um, so almost like a ladder um, or kind of like a reverse funnel, if we're thinking about it in marketing terms. So in the wine industry, kind of the way that I describe it is, you know, at the very very bottom of the pyramid, we have. Um, the very basic need of a wine, a pr- somebody who's entering the wine, like wine world for the first time is they want to drink wine. Um, and then the next part of that pyramid would be, I want to drink good wine. So they want to have that safe, they want to be, be in that safety of knowing that they are drinking the wine that they are buying and that they're drinking is good wine. Um, the next step up with that of, from that would be, um, relationships or community. So, you know, Sharing the wine. Yeah, I want to drink like wine with my friends. Introducing really awesome wine to their friends. Exactly. Friends like, this is awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So from there, yeah, it would be um, I want to drink my wine with friends. And then after that, it comes to um, I want to learn more about wine. I want to be educated about wine. Um, so this is – I kind of like to call this the the wine trivia nerds. Like they want to – have like fun facts to share with their friends and, you know, impress people with. And then from at the very, very tippy top of the pyramid, it would be you've achieved wino status. So you have, you know, you've achieved, um, you know, the, the wino's hierarchy of needs is you're, you're a full, full blown wino. Yeah. You've signed up for your W set and you're walking down the road. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You, you are fully bought in. Um, yeah. That's, that's how we get you here in the wine industry. Yeah. So, um, back to your client's question, yes, of, you yes. know, or comment rather, I feel like all wineries are just saying, buy our wine, buy our wine, buy our wine. How do we fix that? Mm-hmm. So thinking about that hierarchy of, you know, their, their journey through the wine experience and the industry and how that relates to your product is, you know, what things can you bring to them that's valuable that helps them move their way up that chain. Mm -hmm. So, you know, first it's, um, you know, like some, some fun pairing ideas on, you know, how, or how to serve these wines, great pairing ideas, some of our favorite wine tools for beginners. Uh, Then it's, you know, how to throw the best um, socially distanced cheese and wine party mm-hmm. or, you know, preparing for reopening the summer and having like rosé and ceviche on the beach with your friends and celebrating. Like think about all those things that we often take for granted in the industry as mm-hmm. an integral part of our um, lifestyle that seems very normal for us, but is not normal for a lot of people out there. I know this so well coming from Idaho and growing up in Coeur d'Alene on the lake and, you know, it's beautiful, but shit, I didn't know 
jack about wine. Like, <laughs> you know, um, my parents were like great with a uh, menage a trois once in a while. And I just thought it was <laughs> but, but, um, moving to California, you know, I'm always reminding people like, man, you know, those super awesome things that you do in your everyday life that are really unique to our industry or your lifestyle, like share those things with your customers because they're just going to find that to be so cool. And it also helps them really connect with you in a genuine, authentic way. Um, yeah. So let's see what else. Also, um, you know, depending on the frequency of your email marketing campaigns, let's say, let's start at from the least that I usually see to the most that I usually see. The least being you email two or three times a year only at release. Mm -hmm. All right. When you send those emails, let's not word vomit every single thing that happened in your harvest and all the notes for your wines. Keep it simple. Show them what what it is, but also give them value. Be like, hey, like for these wines, we recommend these pairings or for these wines, you know, this travels really well to the beach or, you know, our favorite hikes in Northern California um, or, you know, something back to the lifestyle thing, like add something mm-hmm. lifestyle oriented, you know, bringing value to their lifestyle from your experience, um, wrapping that into the release. And then let's talk about like the most that I see people sending emails, which is about once a month or every two weeks if they're segmenting. And yeah. in those emails, I really love to do you know, the sort of thing where one out of three emails is a buy the wine. The other two Mm -hmm. emails are here's awesome things that we love that you can either do with our wines or that are just super awesome and are in some way corollary to the the brand um, lifestyle itself. And then you have two value add emails and one buy email. But in the value add emails, you just have the wines like at the bottom of the email with the value add at the top of the email. And you'll find that people Mm -hmm. purchase, you know, they'll be like, oh, that's a great, great thing that I want to do. Oh, and you know what? This reminds me, I want to pick up a couple more bottles of the Syrah or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, I consistently find that when I do value add emails, like orders just kind of slowly trickle in. And also those emails get a really high open rate because um, Mm -hmm. people are really interested in, in um, seeing that content. Yeah, for sure. Right. So you were just talking about, about the value add aspect of marketing. How often would you focus on those, you know, so-called transactional information where you're the focus, the call to action is direct versus those customer engagement value add emails. I would say that if you're sending, if you're sending one email a month, mm-hmm. well, let's first talk about wineries who are just sending emails for their releases. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to see value add in every single one of those emails. Right. Those are call to action emails. Those are transactional focused emails. Mm-hmm. And that is the standard for the winery. And that's what the customers are used to. But I would say that 
for those type of clients. Like I want to see you talking less about yourself in those emails Mm -hmm. and more about what these wines are going to bring into their customer's life and pairings and things to do and, you know, factual information, information that's fun. Um, Mm -hmm. and, take them to the release page, take them to the product pages to let them dive deeper, but really focus on adding value in those emails instead of it just being a transactional email. Right Now for the wineries who have a bit more of a consistent marketing, email marketing cadence where they're sending once a month or a couple times a month, I would say that one in three emails, if it's Mm -hmm. transactional focused, that's great. But the other two of the three, I want to see value add as the forefront and purchase as the footnote. Right. So I don't know if that answers your question, but. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that totally does. Cause I, I, you're totally right. It's like some, some wineries, you know, all they have the energy and capacity for is, is just sending those transactional emails. So combining those emails, having them start out with a value add and then finish with the call to action, I think is a great, is a great practice for any, for any transactional email. I think that should be how it is all the time. But then having, if you are a winery who has the capacity to send more like purely value add emails, um, I think that's a, a good practice as well. So one in three of those emails should be Uh, Yeah. And also really quick, if anybody out there listening is asking themselves, okay, what, what winery out there is doing really great email marketing Mm -hmm. that, and I'll say I'm completely unbiased. Like I don't have any involvement with this brand, although I'd love to, (laughs) if you're listening, um, (laughs) is house Mm -hmm. H A U S. Um, they're not a winery, but, um, but if you go to drink.house, H-A-U-S, they're an aperitif company, um, and they have amazing email marketing, so much so that I open every single one of their emails. I always find something out of it. They do Spotify playlists. They do, um, you know, their favorite, their favorite, uh, you know, bar tools, um, their favorite mixed drinks, like there's all sorts of things. Um, and I've, they also have a really good, uh, what's called a customer journey, which is when you sign up for their mailing list, um, you get put through a series of emails that kind of like ease you into what house is always about and, um, you know, what, what to do with their, their, um, more unusual type of product where wine is, is a bit more approachable than um, the product that they make. And so they do a lot of like education and how to use um, their products. So I would recommend anybody that's interested to kind of see great value add emails to go to drink.house, H-A-U-S, and uh, sign up for their mailing list. Yeah, I'm I'm going to do that right away. <laughs> right after we finish recording, I'm going to sign up yeah. for their email list. And the product that is delicious, awesome. truly. I love it. <laughs> So speaking of value add, <laughs> what are some good lead generators or freebies that wineries can do or use to attract people to their email lists? 
Uh, great question, Heather. So let's talk about lead generators first. Um, you can pretty much consider your entire Instagram account a lead generator. <laughs> you know, producing consistent content, creating reels with tips and how tos and behind the scenes and all that fun content that people just love. Um, remember to remember that that is a lead generator. Give them a call to action to sign up on their mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. Another great um, lead generator is to offer a welcome campaign, um, a welcome offer. And this doesn't have to be a discount. You can even just do like a special price that includes $10 shipping or something. You know, if you're a really high-end Cabernet company out there that's listening, you're like, well, I'm allocation only and I have a wait list and I'm really trying to build this, you know, um, this uh, build demand. Um then, you know, I recommend considering, you know, if you have like an entry level wine where you can offer a white and a red that isn't a single vineyard or that um, is is a bit more, maybe it's more um, consistently found in your distribution model, offer people, offer people, offer people <laughs> just that two pack um, as an as an entry to your wine while they wait on the wait list. Um, I, that's idea number one, that wouldn't work for some models and, and Napa, but I think that moving forward, we're going to see more people moving away from the allocation model, um, or the waitlist model, Mm -hmm. but back to, uh, you know, like, um, a winery that has a tasting room and their wines are available to purchase online you know, remind them that, hey, if you sign up on our mailing list, you're going to receive a special welcome offer. This is a one-time offer. You receive it, um, you know, immediately upon signing up on the mailing list. And it is special as in these are, you know, limited access to a library wine that isn't available to everyone right now, or it's only available to wine club members. Give them some kind of perk um, or it's a discount or it's a shipping deal. but there's some something special about it that they couldn't get it if they were not on your mailing list. Um, mm-hmm. And that I have found to be like a really, really cool way to one, get people to sign up on a mailing list and also to get them to purchase. Um, yeah. And you offer it to them once and then it's something that they never really see again. Um, and you can change it every month. You could change it every quarter. And then uh, the second part of your question, um, what are some good freebies for wineries? Well, let's circle back to House. Everybody go sign up on their mailing list. Um, they do a really good job of, um, you know, sign up for our mailing list and you'll get a detailed guide to creating the best bar cart in all of your friends' houses. Mm-hmm. Um, and then another freebie would be, um, you know, sign up for the mailing list and you'll receive a Spotify playlist from Harvest this year mm-hmm. or what we're listening to in the tasting room or um, crafting the best ambiance for your next dinner party when we're all vaccinated and we can all gather together again. Yeah. You know, everything from, you know, the the candlelight and your favorite table placements and um, wines and and recipes and stuff like that. Like you could really get creative about 
you know, how our lives are going to be changing in the next few, hopefully few months. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) Question mark? Question mark. Or, (laughs) hey, what about, um, you know, um, your favorite uh, picnic pack for Mm -hmm. your next um, outing with, you know, your your significant other, your kids, even going to the coast or going to a park close by and the best way to optimize your picnic pack. Um, We always go on a picnic or we go to the beach and we're like, shit, we forgot napkins. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Like a, like a picnic checklist. Yeah. Like a checklist for like the best way to, you know, and enjoy these wines, um, but also you're adding value and giving them ideas of of things to do and get out. I know that for me right now, that's been something that I've really loved the brands that have been like, hey, Chels, like, here's a really cool idea for you to do this weekend. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to actually give that a try. That sounds fun. <laughs> that is a great idea, winery. <laughs> yeah. So going back to the emails and the actual content of the emails, what would you say is, you know, is there a sweet spot for word count in these marketing campaign emails? Are they, should they be longer? Should they be shorter? What, what would you say? Right. Well, this is where customer journeys and segmentation come in to be really important. You guys, um, I know a lot of us in the industry are really used to spraying and praying. Mm-hmm. And we send this same email to everybody depending on or regardless rather of how long they've been on the mailing list or if this is the first email that they've ever received from you. Mm-hmm. And we got to stop doing that. <laughs> we got to stop sending people campaigns not paying attention to how long they've been on your mailing list or how well they know your brand. Yeah, for um, sure. So when somebody signs up new to your mailing list, they really should get, um, you know, I would say maybe two to three sort of welcome email sequences Mm -hmm. that are short to the point. Um, They give you a little bit of like, this is who we are. Um, Here's our most popular products. And a third value add email of here's our favorite ways to enjoy the wines or bring that California lifestyle into your home, you know, as soon mm-hmm. as this weekend. Um, yeah. and, and that kind of introduces them to the brand. Maybe you give them that welcome offer that we were talking about before. Um, and then they can go into the general list that is getting circulated through newsletters. Um, I would say that until my my best um, advice to any winery out there listening right now is to not send a general campaign to somebody who has not yet completed some kind of welcome journey. Um, mm. And that just sort of develops a little bit of, um, you know, brand trust and a little bit more, you know, people realize when you're, you're putting more thought and you're being more mindful about, um, you know, introducing some of them to the brand and giving them some value add and a special offer before just putting them into these campaigns that are going to be like really specific and, you know, mm-hmm. treat them like they already know who you are. But if yeah. it's the first campaign that you're sending them, it might they might not know who you are yet and they might kind of be like, okay, whoa, this is a lot. Like, 
you know, I don't really know. Um, as far as like a sweet spot for word count in email campaigns, generally speaking, um, I would say that I would personally like to see some of the traditional email marketing by email by wineries mm-hmm. um, to be a little bit more reserved. Yeah. I find that a lot of um, traditional email marketing um, campaigns are really, really long. Mm-hmm. And, and that's great. It's so great to have that much information for your customer. But mm-hmm. give them a tease of it. Show them what the offer is. Show them what value it's going to add to them and mm-hmm. then take them to the release offer, take them to the product pages, mm-hmm. take them to a dedicated landing page that's going to dive into that detail because mm-hmm. you don't want to use you don't want to lose people yeah. by overwhelming them in the email and then they don't even click through. Yeah. Yeah. You want them to click through to the information that they want to get more of and lead them to a purchase. I'll I will be the first to say that I see often that a long, long email will get less Mm click-throughs than an email that teases them with more concise content, and then people click through, and then they spend a good amount of time on that landing page, or they open the email five times and click five times because they want to go back and learn more about the wine or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's some... Um, the point here is to don't treat your email marketing like the entirety of the newsletter. Yeah, Treat it as a gateway to the newsletter. Give them little tidbits of what they'll find there and let them click through to it. Yeah. Yeah. Brevity is your friend. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think that's that's absolutely really great advice in general because I feel like we're often – over, we overwhelm our audience in all forms of marketing, and I would love to see less of that. <laughs> Let totally. less overwhelm. Yeah, qual- quality over quantity. I think is the name of the game, for sure. So, okay. So again, with content, what about photos? How many photos or videos or or um, gifs? I'm saying gifs and not gifs. You all can come at me later. Gifs. How many photos? Should uh, photos, videos, gifts, visual elements, should an email have? Okay. First of all, GIF. <laughs> talk about the pronunciation of a G. Versus an a. <laughs> it's not GIF. It's GIF. It's GIF. <laughs> I firmly stand behind that, but yeah. I also welcome the criticism. As well. <laughs> this is this is the hill I will die on, I swear. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So again, like, I think this this goes back to a little bit of like your template. If you're new to email marketing or you don't really have a plan or your emails are feel a little bit all over the place, just create a template um, that's comfortable for you now. Um, I will say that having a photo, um, you know, photo of the product is always good. Also, lifestyle photos will generally do better than a bottle shot. Yeah. Um, so if you're promoting a product, having um, an image of that product adding value to somebody's life 
in that photo, like a lifestyle image, hire Heather and she'll get you. The content. <laughs> yes, Smil- smiling, happy people. That's what we want. Yes, and um, and then you know if 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 it's like a value add email where you're solving a problem, you know, having a funny GIF in there or like a meme, if it's right for your brand, like mm-hmm. it's not going to be right for every brand. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know that's great. Um, if it's a you know, again, back to like a release email, um, you know, if you have a new product that you're introducing, maybe there's a YouTube video of your winemaker talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can put that u- video on YouTube and then you can embed it in the, the email. Um, that's a great thing to do as well. But as far as like the, you know, the magic combination for the number of photos, um, I would say if you don't know where to start, um, make sure your brand logo is at the top of the email mm-hmm. and then your banner photo is is something really um hallmark about your your brand um yeah. like it's it's the two owners standing next to each other or it's the husband wife um or it's a picture of the property something that they can really uh you know like clearly associates them with a brand yeah and then whatever product or value add you're giving have Mm -hmm. just a little image because sort of showing them what that is in the email. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't really um, recommend doing more than, you know, two or three images unless you're, unless you are introducing five products, then, you know, I'd maybe focus on just one shot of all those products or individual bottle images. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I, I recently used a GIF in one of my emails and it it is one of my best performing emails recently. Um, it's nice. It's, yeah. It's Michael Scott saying, why don't you explain this to me like I'm five? And- <laughs> I remember that email, the one about, about um, the legality of, of Instagram. Yeah, that yes. was a good one. Yeah, that was a fun one. Um, but yeah, so just the power if you're if you are the brand that the type of brand that that would resonate with your audience um the, again this goes back back to knowing your ideal audience um and identifying them your target audience uh if they are the type of audience that would resonate with a funny gif like that then do it i love i actually i love when brands send me emails that have like silly gifs that sort of support what the content is sharing. So I think that's a really... Well, and also anytime somebody that I don't really know that well or a brand that I don't know that well, they send me um, a gif from um, Schitt's Creek, I immediately fall in love with them. Yeah. (laughs) It's part of the trust. Um, Yeah. I mean, just speaking of that, I actually love it. Um, I occasionally, very occasionally with, uh, with the right audience member on in Instagram because you can now send this is totally off topic but you can send gifts in DMs. I will occasionally mm-hmm. send a gif as a DM at, in response to someone, you know, saying something to one of my clients in the DMs and it always results in a follow every single time. It's like a 100% success rate. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's <laughs> and it's because they're like, "Oh, you're funny and like you're you're responding." Anyway, I did get you. Send me that. Get me. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah, so I I do like to um to do that, throw that in occasionally. So, <laughs> a little hot tip for me to you. 
Um, great. So that's super fun. Uh, okay. So now we're going to gonna get into the weeds of it. What if someone listening doesn't think that they have the time or energy to do one email per month? What would you recommend for them? Um, so step number one is build a template. Um, like I said, it can be simple. Um, if you don't know how to build a template, uh, find a digital marketer like me or a virtual assistant to do it for you. Mm-hmm. It's not that expensive. Um, and it doesn't take a lot of time for somebody that has the skills to build you a nice template that you can then, you know, click to duplicate, insert the content and schedule to send. It's as easy as that. Um, and I find that typically that's where people get held up. The next thing would be, you know, schedule a one hour in the next a week or so to sit down and look at your calendar um, just plan three months in ahead for now. You, typically, I try to get people to do 12 months, but mm-hmm. we're taking steps here. So we're going to yeah. start with just three months. Um, what's going on each month? Uh, you know, what what do your customers tend to love? What does your ideal customer care about? Um, and what will add value to them? Choose one topic for each month and focus on building a campaign around that. Yeah. And then... Um, starting out, you know, like I said, starting quarterly with just a few months, I find that just as in Instagram, you know, the more content you're creating, the more creative you start to get and the more Mm -hmm. ideas you have and the more feedback you get from other people and your inspiration will start churning and you'll think, oh, that's a good idea. And then you just like keep a notes pad on your iPhone or in your car when you're rummaging around the vineyard and you think of a topic, just write it down mm-hmm. and extrapolate on that and just spend a little bit of time each month planning for what you're going to talk about next month. Um, and I promise you it'll, it'll do wonders for your engagement um, and also for your sales. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I'm also a huge fan of repurposing content. Um, I will often repurpose. I mean, just speaking about my content, I'll repurpose, repurpose the emails that I'm sending for social media and vice versa. If I found that something performed really, really well on social media, I will um, repurpose that as an email a little bit later. So, and then, you know, and, and now with the podcast, I'm, I'm like repurposing everywhere because your girl's got finite time. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that uh, just to add my two cents here for what it's worth, I think that repurposing can be a really great way to, take the overwhelm out of, you know, even just sending one email per month or posting one thing to social media a week. Like I think repurposing is really valuable tool. Totally. And so on that topic, maybe when you're sitting down and you're planning out your next three campaigns, Mm -hmm. think about other places that you've marketed or not even in marketing, something that was successful in the tasting room, Mm. uh, Instagram reel that was really popular. Um, maybe a recipe that you shared with your, your wine club that everybody freaked out about it and loved it, or I don't know, it could be anything, but just keep Mm -hmm. your mind open. And there's probably inspiration sitting right under your nose that you could take content that you've already created and just transform it for email, um, turn it into a PDF that they can download, for example, or, you know, um, a blog post that you send them to from the email. And you might already have a few campaigns like in your toolbox that you don't even realize. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think I've done this recently 
with, uh, I, I went back through some of my old social media posts, uh, because I was like, I felt like I was strapped for content and I ended up finding a topic that did really, really well and was able to pull three different pieces of content from that one old piece of content and repurpose Mm -hmm. that. So that is, I mean, you, it's, it's almost like, it's like a, it's like a snowball effect. You know, once you've, once you've started getting diving into some of the content that's worked well for you, you're going to start thinking of new, like new ideas that relate to those, those pieces of content and it'll grow and grow and grow. And it's like, you know, before you know, you've got an avalanche of ideas falling on your head. Totally. Yeah. And that's why I say like, don't overwhelm yourself. If you're just starting out, think of three things and then that avalanche is going to come along and you're going to be like, oh my gosh, I could plan my whole year. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. That's, I mean, like literally coming up with um, topics for this podcast, it it was just, I would start thinking about something. I mean, even just while we're recording this podcast, we've thought of, you know, at least two different like additional episodes that we could cover on this. So yeah. So you guys don't worry if, if you, if you sit down for a little bit of time and just start like putting your mind to it. You will, you'll come up with so many ideas. It you'll be, you'll surprise yourself. Um, so, okay. So speaking of social media and email marketing, what is the best way to have the social media and email marketing kind of work together, talk together and play nicely together? Yeah, absolutely. So let's say you're getting ready for a campaign. Um, maybe you're, starting to send more consistent emails, um, letting your social media followers know, hey, we're going to be sending um, some really awesome emails coming up, sign up for the mailing list. Maybe the release is coming up, teasing them on Instagram, make sure that they're signing up. And then when you're in the middle of a campaign, use your your social media as another platform to... um, to communicate what's going on in your campaigns and the, oh if you miss the email check your inbox or um you know the offer is valid for this amount of time um but just kind of looking at all right what is the content that I'm going to be sending in this email when am I going to be sending it and then making sure that you're folding that into your social media as well because it's really awkward sometimes when communications are so compartmentalized like we should be you know mm-hmm. you don't want to be saying word for word the exact same thing or just copying and pasting and boring people that are getting both sides of the communication. But you also want to be like, you know, consistent in the fact that if you have a campaign going on or you just sent out a um a blog post about XYZ picnic pack with the rose or whatever, then you know, mm-hmm. remind the Instagram followers that hey, like this is something we sent out recently. Like here's a, a little tidbit summary for an Instagram post or an Instagram reel. If you want more information, sign up for the mailing list so we can send you the full blog post, uh, for example. Yeah. That's awesome. So what are a few crucial analytics that people can track to know if their email is performing well? Yeah. So open rate. Open rates have been going up a lot. I mean, at the beginning of the pandemic, I went from like 30% to like 80% because people are just sitting around. Um, yeah. But we're out of quarantine now. We've adjusted to this lifestyle. So they're 
back down, but I would say that you always want to be getting at least like 30 to 40%. If you're getting more than that, I would probably say it's most likely because of your your um, wine club list. It Don't compare your wine club list mm-hmm. to your general mailing list. Your wine club list is probably likely getting like 80% open rate. Um, so uh, open rate is a really interesting thing to look at. And let's say you've sent out an email and um, you, you want to resend to people who did not open the email change your subject. Mm -hmm. If they didn't open the first email, maybe it's because of the subject Mm -hmm. didn't catch their eye um, or they just missed the email. But uh, another thing that I have seen recently with marketing outside of the wine business is people have been actually putting reminder in the subject of like reminder to open this. Uh, And I found that effective Mm -hmm marketing to me. It's like, oh, I missed something. I need to open. Yeah. And I'm like, actually, I don't really care. And I just click out of it. But it caused me to open yeah. the email. Um, and then, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And the other thing to track um, now that we've talked about opens is clicks. Um, mm-hmm. So let's say you find that your click click rate is pretty low. You know, it's 2%. Um look at your email and think about, okay, how much content did they have to scroll through before mm-hmm. they saw a button to click? Um, yeah. Was there a call to action? You know, really starting to be mindful of like why maybe people don't click. Um, mm-hmm. And then you can experiment a little bit with um, including price, not including price and, mm-hmm. you know, see if, if that, um, changes your click rate. Um, every list is a little bit different depending on the type of product and and the price category that product is in. What would you say is like a a good a good solid click rate? That's a great question. So as far as click rate, it's surprisingly low. Um, I would say probably anywhere between two and four percent is standard, but as far as industry goes, industry mm-hmm. being e-commerce, because most likely we're marketing for people to go to our website and purchase product. Um, that's surprisingly low. I find it to be surprising. I'm sure everybody on the other end of this is like, whoa, that's really low. Um, mm-hmm. You'll find that as you hone your content, you're going to get closer to, I'm looking at the analytics of one of my clients, the average click rate is 11%. Um, Mm, A recent campaign that they sent mindfully to their allocation list, this is people who are consistently purchasing, their click rate was 50%, which is high. I would say that that's high, but that's because this mailing list is really segmented. Um, So... You know, if you're only getting 3% click rate on your emails, um, it's okay. That's kind of standard, but it provides an opportunity for you to think about what they have to do to go through the email to get to that click um, and experimenting with your call to actions and your buttons. You know, make sure you're using a button. It's not just like an inline text link. Mm-hmm. Um, provide them both. Yeah. Um, make all of the 
pictures clickable to the mm, offer. Yeah. You know, everything that they click should lead them to the offer. Um, and that'll definitely help as well. And I mean, just, and tell me if I'm wrong here, but something that I've noticed too, is that when I'm email, when I'm marketing to my email list, I notice that I have fewer click rates when I am doing using like more than one call to action. Um, so Mm -hmm. could you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So let's go back to one of my value add recommendations where, you know, hey, everybody, uh, you know, here's a great uh, recipe and a playlist and our favorite product for this recipe pairing. Um, that would be a good example of having one click. Mm-hmm. They don't have to go three different places to get each one of those things. Yeah. Hopefully they can do one click and get to the same place for all. Yeah, That does require a dedicated landing page, most likely with the product yeah. embedded. Um, but, you know, Heather's making a really important um, point here, which is giving people too many different things to Mm -hmm. click on can be too much. Um, Let's say it's a release email. I would say the release email is, hey, everybody, we have a new release. Get excited. Click here to see all the products. And then usually below, I'll go, here's product number one, product number two, product number three. You know, click to, you know, click product one to view tasting notes. And then they can mm-hmm. click the individual products if they want to, but their first click is go to the release page and see all the products at once. I do find that some customers want to click straight through to the product that they want to purchase. They just want to see those tasting notes. Um, but I always put at the top, click here to view the release the individual products, and at the bottom, click here to view, view the release. Um, but it's all taking them to the same place. All right. So uh, that's awesome. <laughs> all of that information is really, really helpful. So kind of wrapping this conversation up, what would you say are the three things you would recommend wineries do this week to get going with their email marketing? Yeah. So I've mentioned this a couple times before, but we'll just do a quick recap. I would say decide on a template, um, create that template so you can easily duplicate and get to creating. Uh, if you don't know how to create a template in your marketing platform, find somebody to do it for you. It's money well spent. Mm-hmm. Um, next would be do the calendar exercise. Sit down, think about what's going on in the next three weeks, write down a bunch of ideas. And create a notepad on your phone or old school in your moleskin if you're like me, uh, or you know a, a um, spiral notebook in your truck while you're driving around the vineyard. Um, just make sure that when those ideas start to come to you after you start creating this first th- three months of content, mm-hmm. uh, you're prepared to write that down and extrapolate uh, extrapolate on it later. Yeah. Um, and then the third thing you could do this week is get on Instagram and pull your followers. Um, ask them, um, you know, what they want to see more of, what kind of content they enjoy, and then think about how you can turn that into email content. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. All of this is super helpful information. I'm so happy that we could sit down and talk about this because I think it is really important. I think it's also something that is really intimidating to a lot of people. So thank you so much. 
Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm excited to hear how everybody does with this um, you know, advice and and definitely feel free to reach out to me on Instagram uh at Cboss, that's S-E-A-B-O-S-S marketing. Uh and yeah, I love chatting with you, Heather. It's always a good time. <laughs> always fun. I know. We should just record all of our conversations because I feel like they end up pulling out so many amazing nuggets. So I know. one of the reasons that you're a regular um, contributor on this on this podcast is like, yeah, oh gosh, we should so talk about having me. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. So, um, so again, I just want to remind everyone that all of this information is going to be in the show notes. You can get into contact with Chelsea, uh, via the show notes, um, on Instagram, as she says at S E A B O S S marketing and. Oh, and don't forget (laughs) the course that I'm creating coming soon. You can sign up on my website, cbossmarketing.com. That's S-E-A-B-O-S-S marketing.com. I'm hoping to release it soon-ish. It's just got so much good juice packed in there that I just keep going back and adding more, but it will be finished eventually. Um, And yeah, email marketing for wineries, mastering your mailing list. Um, Yeah, I'm hoping it can be really helpful for everybody. 100%. Yeah. And when that is released, I will also be including some information here on the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Thank you so much, Chelsea. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah. It's always so good to talk to you. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Hooray. All right. Well, uh, that is it for this episode of the Craft and Cluster podcast. If you loved this episode and you just want to shout it to the world, go ahead and rate and review it and please screenshot and tell me where you are listening. Cause I always love hearing that as well. Uh, yeah. I'll see you next Monday. Bye. Awesome. Hooray. All right. So I'm just going to do the intro and, and all that good stuff. What do you think about this intro by the way? <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> awesome. I, I would maybe say, Today, we're welcoming back Chelsea Boss of Seaboss Marketing, who's here to help us decide, does your email marketing suck? Instead of being like, your email marketing sucks. (laughs) (laughs) So fun. Hey there, you just listened to the Craft and Cluster podcast, a production of Craft and Cluster owned exclusively by me, Heather Danitz. The opinions and statements in this show are those of me and any guests that appeared on the Craft and Cluster podcast and are for entertainment purposes only. I cannot guarantee any particular result or return on investment based on any statement from this show. But what I can guarantee is my extreme psychitude that you are still listening to this, even though the episode has ended and this is clearly a disclaimer. You are super dedicated. I like that about you.